Welcome to the Inner Glow Getter podcast, the podcast for you, the woman who is pushing the boundaries, expanding your consciousness, and doesn't take no for an answer. This podcast will help you reduce the overwhelm, tune back into you, take back control of your health, embrace your most authentic self, and show up as your most confident, aligned, and powerful you. We do the inner work together through the safe space for you to come learn, grow, and gain knowledge in areas of your life such as body confidence, hormones, feminine flow, money, well-being, spirituality, fitness, and mindset, and so much more. Let's get started. Welcome to the Inner Glow Getter podcast. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me, Kayla. I really appreciate you asking me. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Um, I love starting in terms of with my guests, um, where they are in the world. Um, I think it just sets the scene. And then... Okay, so I am in um, Hebden Bridge, which is in West Yorkshire in the north of England. It's, uh, we're in the hills. Um, it is beautiful and stunning, uh, but it's quite wet quite a lot of the time. <laughs> it's rainy here in South Africa today. So, I can... <laughs> uh, And Yorkshire is beautiful, though. I love it up there. Yeah, it is um... so pretty, especially at this time of year. Mm, mm, definitely autumnal she's a hard word to say (laughs) (laughs) anyway um so we know each other from marketing miracle because we're in the same marketing course at the moment so I just love to let guests know how um how I find my guests and how we come across each other and um I'd love to start off with what you do and how you help your clients So I am a transformational life coach and I specialize in working with women who don't have children, either through um, infertility, which is my personal story, or through circumstances or through choice. And I help them to um, design a life that really works for them um, and is fulfilling and fabulous because, you know, not because they're not capable of doing that themselves, but in this world, which is quite mother obsessed, mm-hmm. not a lot of talk about. There's no blueprint for how women who don't have children, who are older, kind of forty plus, how we design our lives, how we live our lives. We're very much sidelined in society, and I want to change that and create a space for women who don't have children to not fit into the usual childless and child-free stereotypes. I love that. I love that. And I think it's really calling to something like that's happening in society right now, like that pivotal point where women are like by choice or like you say, through infertility, not not having children. And how do we how do we celebrate that as well as a Absolutely. I mean, the, the the numbers are quite surprising because you kind of think that we were in the, you know, a massive minority. We're not. There's 20 percent of women um, who don't have children either you know through choice or through not um not choice but once you factor in women who have university degrees that rises to 43 percent of women that is like nearly half of women not having children yet where's the conversation there isn't one that's amazing that's amazing yeah 
Yeah, and and I guess to share like a little bit about me in that situation, like I'm 31 and I've always had the question like, when are you going to have children? When are you? And it's only been in the last few years that I was like, what if I don't like and and really exploring that question and especially I think when it comes to like things like the environment like having a child can be one of the most like unenvironmentally friendly things you can do because of the carbon footprint so there's different reasons to yeah yeah yeah. And it's funny because I've been having conversations with women of your age in their early 30s and they'll you know, they kind of always grew grew up just assuming that they were going to become mums, mm. but without asking themselves the question whether they wanted to or not, because that's how society kind of, um, it, it funnels us into, you know, you go to school, you go to university, you get a job, you get married, you get, um, you know, you get pregnant. And that is what you're spo- supposed to do. <laughs> um, and yet when you know, like you say, when you start thinking about the implications of having a child on the environment, which it is, I think, you know, I think it's the number one thing that you can do that's bad for the environment. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm saying that from the point of view of a woman who wanted children, um, but, you know, let's look at the upsides of it. And mm. um, you know, we, there, once you start questioning whether this is for me, then actually that becomes a really hard conversation because we're being culturally and societally conditioned to expect to become mums, to want to become mums. And actually, you know, if that doesn't work for you, then you you feel like you're making a difficult decision, which isn't fair. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm excited to dive into this topic. Um, Before we do, actually, before we dive any further, I'd love to... um, hone in on what you were doing before you went into transformational life coaching. Um, Could you tell us a bit about that? Can. So for the last (laughs) six years, I've actually been a um, copywriter, content creator, and um, content and messaging coach for female entrepreneurs online. Um, So I had my own business doing that. And then early this year, I decided to um, qualify as transformational life coach. I've wanted for a very long time um, to create this space for women with no children, but I had to make sure that I was emotionally in the right place to do that um, after my infertility journey, which kind of started nine years ago. So I needed time to heal before I could do that. And I felt Mm. that this year was the right time to move on to that. So uh, that is I've I've been in the coaching and online space for, for six years now. Beautiful. So you pivoted. I did. I, yeah. I was a big pivot. <laughs> yes. And I, I love talking about this because like my message is about obviously pivoting, changing, creating that yeah. life that you love and that, that technical life. But, um, you know, the pivoting that I talk about is often corporate to entrepreneurship. But of course, there's women who are more established in the entrepreneurial space who are pivoting within that as well. Like, and I think something that's not talked about much is that our purpose evolves like it's not static oh well my purpose has evolved massively (laughs) yeah over the last 23 years massively so you know I went to university because I um to do English I wanted to be a journalist I was so focused on becoming a journalist um since I was about 14 so um I followed that path I did you know I was on the school newspaper university newspaper I did work experience 
the local newspaper. I was obsessed with becoming a journalist. And then I kind of burnt out by the time I graduated. I'm like, no, I've had enough. <laughs> I've been so focused. So um, I actually, at that point when I graduated in the July, and then in September, I re-enrolled to train as a beauty therapist and holistic therapist. And I started up my own company, um, um, uh, a beauty company and holistic kind of lifestyle company um, that covered three counties here in, in the UK. So I did that in the early 2000s. And um, eventually that kind of, uh, that didn't work out. I was really young. I didn't really know what I was doing from a business point of view. I mean, looking back, I made an amazing success considering how young I was. Yeah. But, um, and, and that's when I ended up in corporate properly. I, I worked in corporate finance um, oh. for seven years. And um, when that came to an end, I got made redundant, as happens quite a lot in the banking industry. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, I had a couple of year gap before I started my, um, my copywriting business six years ago. Wow, incredible. Yeah, so you pivoted like a few times and I mean, I I've done the same. So, <laughs> But it, there's a quote from Steve Jobs, which I just love, and it says, you can only join the, the dots looking backwards. And you know, all my different mm. separate things look so different, but actually they led so seamlessly and so naturally into my next step. I mean, each one set me up for every single thing that I've done through, you know, since I graduated in 99. And, you know, from the outside, it looks chaotic. It looks, um, you know, um, all over the place. But from the inside, it just felt so natural and so seamless um, because I was just setting myself up and I took what I needed from each experience to build on for my next experience. Yeah, which is actually completely the opposite to what society says you know like oh stick to something become a specialist or something work your way up the ladder um yeah. you know it's always restrained you know a jack of all trades a jane of all trades is kind of like shunned to the side but like yeah I feel the exact same way like each thing I've done has been building like a plethora of skills that works really well together um would you be able to talk about that actually like how each path has led you to where you are now and sure I mean I think the first thing I really want to say is actually you know each one of those things I never did anything less for three than three years actually so you know you can create a lot of skills in three years but Mm -hmm. my um you know my business my my beauty business I started I made contacts there because I was running the business I was in the business but I was running the business I was the brains behind the business I made contacts in that um, when I was in that business that when they found out that I wasn't doing it anymore they wanted me to come and work with them in the business you know in the business sector in the bank because I knew I knew about business so like amazing and that's how that worked and, and also I, speaking to women in beauty like you find out all their secrets like I know exactly. I tell I tell my hairdresser everything like you know if I had a pound for every time somebody said to me I've never told anybody else this before I would be like rich beyond my wildest dreams <laughs> people really do spill to their beauty therapist um so yeah so you know like I said you make contacts along the way 
And um, that's exactly how my, my other business started because when I was in when I was in corporate, when I was in the bank, I loved my job. Um, it, it was really interesting, but it was very dry. There was no creativity because it was numbers. You know, I was working with numbers. And I'm quite a creative person. You know, I wanted to be a writer originally. So I started, it was, this was like when blogs were just starting up. So it was about 2011, 2012. And I started a lifestyle blog. Um, it's, it's awful. I go back now and I think, oh my God, what are you doing? It's terrible. But I, I just loved doing something that was creative and something that was for me on, you know, kind of outside of my, my day job. And what happened was after I got my redundant, um, the woman who used to do my PR for me back when I was doing my business, my beauty business, came across this lifestyle blog. It's a brilliant. I didn't know you can write. Will you write for my PR company? And I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything else. I've been made redundant. I will write for your PR. And though I started writing for her clients as well, for her company, her clients. And then I told people what I was doing these days oh I know somebody who know you know you can do that so you know it, it my business grew very organically through the contacts that I made but also I was using that skill that I started off with that writing mm. skill and so everything really came full circle that's incredible yeah you know something I was thinking about this morning is that you know, whether you choose to leave your nine to five or you get made redundant, I feel that either way you are choosing to leave and start your own business because I was speaking to someone yesterday and she's in the process of being made redundant, but she was like, there's stuff I can do to keep that job or I could go apply for another job. Like there is like, it's not really someone else making the decision. You're always kind of making the decision. Did you feel that way? I did feel that way. Um, I I enjoyed my job, but I knew it wasn't for me. It, you know, I was completely a square peg in a round hole. You know, mm-hmm. it, you know, I'm this kind of small blonde, um, kind of, you know, pink kind of <laughs> you know, female, which did not work well in the, you know in banking. the very male grey um, corporate banking world. You know, mm-hmm. people I people didn't get me I had to really suppress my personality so even though I liked what I was doing it was really hard work on a day-to-day basis not being myself Mm. and um so I was always 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 thinking you know what could I do to get out here what business can I start how can I earn some money and not have to do this job so when it came to being made redundant I had options I could apply for another job in the back I could apply for you know in a different department like you say I could afford yeah. for my my job very easy I could you know I could really put up a fight and possibly have won but like you say there was a choice I'm like actually they're going to pay me to leave which yeah. I've been there quite a long time it was a good settlement I'm like you know I can get paid to leave and then figure it out Mm. so that's what I did so absolutely I I am a big big believer in choices I don't believe that anything isn't a choice everything's mm. Mm. yes completely I agree so much yeah yeah and then you choose to stick to the path of creating the business as well um yeah. like I've had many opportunities where I could go back and contract for my old firm um 
you know, like something for me the other day was like changing my LinkedIn profile to self-employed. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, in a space where I was known as Michaela, the consultant who worked for this engineering firm and then mm-hmm. like changing it, like, yeah, it felt good. <laughs> yeah, it's but like yeah. you're stepping into yourself, isn't it? Mm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we often, I think society kind of teaches us to be like, to take nudges from different people and like to be a you know our choice to be a product of external circumstances but really mm-hmm. we choose we choose and yeah. um mm-hmm. um I can so resonate that with that as well being like this square peg in a round hole like <laughs> like that corporate um yeah the wearing like I probably like the architecture team was the one that I resonated with the most at work because they like the ones that are most out there in terms of what they wear and how they show up to meetings and that kind of thing but um yeah I, I definitely resonate with that so much so I love that you touched on that um let's come back to your business so um the pivot from copywriting supporting other entrepreneurs to um, to supporting women who have chosen or, or not chosen to have children. Would you be able to talk more about that pivot? Like, um, I guess, like how you came to, well, you mentioned that you've been thinking about that niche for a while. Mm-hmm. And I guess the specificity of it, did the specificity scare you at all? Or would you be able to touch on that? The specific, uh, the being so specific <laughs> did not scare me at all. I mean, when I was working and um, supporting female entrepreneurs um, in their in their copying and the messaging, is you know that is something that I used to teach. You have to be specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that is so so important when you're growing a business online. If you don't know who you're talking to, you can't talk to them, and you can't yeah. you know you're you're not speaking to anybody. You're speaking to everybody, and it, and it's not going to work. So the fact that I knew exactly who I was speaking to was actually a um it was a massive positive to me I was like more than happy to kind of nail my colors to that particular niche and and demographic I'm absolutely don't never second guess that at all the thing is with me I tend to make big decisions and I make decisions you know know, as soon as I made a decision that is what I'm doing and that's what I want to do and that's what I'm going to do and um it's not that I don't think through the consequences because I really do. I'm, I'm you know, I, I literally had a pros and cons list for staying in my existing business or moving. The the staying in my existing business list was a lot stronger than changing, but I, my heart wasn't, you know, my heart was mm. I want to go and, you know, I want to pivot my business. Yeah. And so I set myself up. I did all the work in the background very quietly. I told no one what I was doing. And it was almost like I, I kind of um, I decided to launch on the 1st of September. I gave myself a really hard deadline and I set everything up and, you know, everything was perfect. And I did it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what have I done? I didn't I hadn't computed that I was starting from scratch with it yeah. essentially a new business new demographic and I was like oh, I haven't it's not that I hadn't thought it through, but it hadn't occurred to me how big it was. Because yeah. I'm not scared. I'm not afraid of trying something new. I've never been afraid of trying something new. That doesn't bother me. You know, I'm first to fling myself off. You know, you know, you know, when you go and go away, when you, you know, you do that thing through the trees and you throw yourself into a net. You know, you're in a harness. I'm the first to blow myself off. That I'm, 
that is not something that scares me yeah it's but it's you know like when you fling yourself off that platform into the net and you're halfway across you think oh my word what am I doing (laughs) that's what hit me I was like oh I forgot to be scared now I'm scared (laughs) I love that (laughs) and that was because I'm quite I am quite fearless and you know then I was like oh my word what have I done and I was like okay well I'm committed now you know I'm off the platform I'm I'm flying through the air I'm going to keep going I have no choice other than to keep going uh because I literally um you know like I I, I six years in my last business I had um you know so much content on Instagram on Facebook and LinkedIn everywhere I deleted it all I'd, I'd taken it all wow. down because I wanted no market confusion as to who I was now I like there's no going back <laughs> wow oh my gosh so how did you kind of process and work through that um so at first it was kind of like well you know you're going through the moat well, not through the motions, but you know, starting a new business, and I did have an audience. I maintained my audience, um, so there was a lot of kind of noise, a lot of congratulations. You know, I had a lot of conversations going on in the first two, three weeks. Everybody's going, "Oh wow, you know what are you doing? Tell me about it. Talking about it." But then there was a lull, kind of three, mm-hmm. four weeks in. I was like, "Oh my word, you know, it's gone quiet. No, you know, the 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 novelty has worn off." And, and now what? And I had to really sit with that. And it was really hard um, when it, you know, I was then going through the new business phase where I was sat talking to crickets, um, which is what happens when you start a new business. And I had to go keep going back to what I used to teach my clients before that, you know, when you start a new business, when you start showing up, you have to wait I'm normally three months before you start hearing anything back. And, you know, that it, it's an, it's not an instant process. It's not like you show up one day and go, hi, I've got a business and everybody wants to buy. That's not how it works. Not online. Mm-hmm. So time frames. And I had to really sit and coach myself through that. I've got um, like a business best friend who I was like, you know, messaging every day. I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> she's, you know, just remember what you tell people. And, you know, then, you know, it was literally just holding my nerve, keeping the faith, taking deep breaths, keep on going, which that, that is my personal mantra, you know, keep going, don't mm. give up, just keep mm. going. And yeah, then, you know, then I started getting interest and clients and, you know, it's, it's working, you know, I've done the right thing. I know I've done the right thing, but keeping that faith, you know, hold, holding my nerve, taking those yeah. deep breaths, keeping on going, even though, you know, this is, you know, feeling like it's not working. Of course, it's not going to work immediately. Yeah. But I know that and I had the experience and it was so funny that I'd been kind of telling people this for, for years that it's going to take time and that, yeah, when I was sat in it, I didn't realise how hard it was to sit in it because I've, I've helped other people grow their businesses online from scratch, but I've never done it myself because my business grew really organically. I never had to go looking for clients. Mm. So, yes, yeah. it was a dose of my own medicine. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah, and coaching yourself, having to see things from like an outside perspective and yeah, sitting with I yourself. Am- yeah. 
I'm really big on self-coaching. I think self-coaching is so important. And I, well, you know, I talk about journaling a lot with my clients with um, online, but when I say journaling, I actually mean self-coaching. I ask myself coaching questions. I let it all come up and I, I coach myself through that. Um, and I think you can take yourself a long way, you know, by self-coaching. Definitely. Mm. I think you need that. You need the, you need a, you know, a coach to come in from a an external point of view because you're never going to push yourself as much as somebody else will. But yeah. self-coaching in the moment when you're going through something can be massively beneficial. Yes. Yeah. And the coach is there to champion your goals, see you where you are now, but also champion your goals and, mm-hmm. and no matter what, you know. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um Something that just came to mind that I'd love to touch on is um, in that transition from corporate to your own business, I think many of us, and I definitely went through this phase, kind of like um, repress that a little bit, like go, oh, corporate, oh, like especially with the discussion around like feminine and masculine and it's, oh, it's too masculine. Um, Have you been able to, like, are there specific skills in your corporate career that you now bring into your business? I would say not, to be honest. Um, I did find that the corporate experience didn't suit me or my personality at all in any way. Mm. Um, even though I, I enjoyed the day-to-day work. Um, I mean, I remember thinking when I was about, I was about 10, it's primary school thinking I never want to work for somebody else I just want to work for myself you know and and the funny thing is it's not a lack of wanting to work I actually never see myself wanting to retire ever it's more that you know I don't I want to work on my own terms and that's really important to me so the corporate world really didn't fit me at all I think what it helps me to do is to put my business in context because I work with literally hundreds probably thousands of small and medium-sized businesses during my career and Mm. I kind of you know I can see what it takes to get a business to be successful um that's been very helpful to me and also the the more kind of realistic expectations um around business and there's you know I think I'm sure you'll agree with me in the online female entrepreneur space there's not a lot of realistic expectations no Uh, no (laughs) leaps well um you know I'm saying you you know you have to be able to believe that it's possible but I also believe you know I also witnessed you know what was the norm to be honest so um Mm. that helps me to reframe things when things aren't necessarily going how I want I'm like well do you know what you know my business is still generating more than I don't know than a uh a plumber who's working 40 hours a week that you know that that's it's Mm. it gives me that um kind of reality check that actually things are going fine (laughs) things going great um so but in terms of skills maybe maybe team building in relationships um Mm. you know that is something that is not something I'm necessarily being great at until I realized how important it was to do that in order to get on at work Mm. so yes uh, yeah yeah absolutely in terms of again your pivot um, from copywriting to transformational life coaching Mm -hmm. did you have to what were like the 
the things that people don't talk about are things like you know did you conversations with your partner about because I presume like you were you know doing well in your business before that you came to a certain level of income was expected and then Mm -hmm. with that pivot you know like you said and starting from scratch like the conversations with your family partner um that kind of thing or yeah what were kind of like the nitty-gritty aspects of that pivot so I think there was definitely um yeah there there were conversations with my partner around that because obviously it was going to mean that my income was going to dip um for a while and you know there have been conversations about how long are you going to give it and that Mm. is something I've never really wanted to kind of address in the past because I'm you know I think it takes as long as it takes however Mm. I think I've been more willing you know I I kind of worked through this I'm like I my business was going well but I kind of burnt out with it my my past business yeah and what am I um I I had a client sign up to a group program in January February and she paid and then she came to me she said um I'd like a refund um I just I'm just going to jack it all in she was a a mindset coach something I don't I can't remember what she did and I'm going to jack it all in and go and work in Tesco and that I I just kind of heard that and I'm like okay it's interesting and I gave her a refund and but I was reaching that point of burnout and I was thinking holy crap if I don't do something I'm going to get to the point where I'm going to jack it all in and go and work in Tesco which is ridiculous Mm. because I've last five minutes working in Tesco so (laughs) so for any any international listeners Tesco is just a big supermarket here in the UK so yeah they'd um, be like go clean that aisle and I'd be what like no so that was and I was like okay you know the, the this is not something that I want to continue you know I, I'm kind of burnt out with this I love it I love my clients but there was just something really not working for me at that point and it's just my it was my husband who actually said why don't you take a break kind of like a sabbatical you know and mm. think about what you want to do um because I kind of joked said I'm going to jack it all in I'm going to become a life coach which is completely different um and it's like right okay and I built up this kind of cash in my business to keep me going and I had enough to invest in a life coaching course and I said actually no that is what that is how I create the space for these women Mm -hmm. so I spent like a big chunk of the money I'd built up in my business on my new course and obviously then I wasn't earning my um, as my past clients were kind of um you know tapering off and the the money the income was going down like okay so you know when are you going to start earning some money when are you you know how long Mm -hmm. are you going to get this till it works and at that point I thought do you know what I am so committed to continuing work were you continuing to post on your social media at the same time or was it a complete break? There were no. So what I did was I I created my in, in my brand involves some lifestyle because that's what I'm passionate about anyway. So what I did in the interim was I just created a load of lifestyle content that had mm. nothing to do with copywriting or business. 
I okay. so I just carried on posting that to keep up my profile because I did not want to lose my profile. That was so important to me to not lose my audience and my connection with my audience. I didn't want to disappear then pop up again six months later as something mm. else. So I continued to be there without really being there. So I I oh, got okay. I, I sat for a weekend. I created three months of content, which was just lifestyle content and I sketched it all in plannerly so I didn't need to think about it and I got that time to sit back and oh, take incredible. a breath okay so it was very planned out there was no there were no knee-jerk movements anyway you know I really did yeah. sit take the take a look back but what I realized was that I was so committed to making to, to making working for myself work that if I couldn't generate income fast enough during in the life coaching I was prepared to go and get a day job to support that you know part-time if it doesn't move fast enough I'm not at that point yet and Mm. you know if it became you know a year I kind of promised I would make it work in a year is a a short (laughs) yes so but you know if we get to the point where it's still not generating enough income. I, I have a massive belief in this. I have 100% believe that this is going to work. Yeah. So even if it doesn't work in 12 months, I know that it will work in two years or three years. So I'm prepared to go and find something else to support that while I make it work. I love that. I love that. It's like the success is inevitable. Like it's, yes. yeah, yeah. No, I'm very much the same. And it's so interesting because when you're in that frame of mind, that is your belief system. And it's interesting when someone, uh, like when someone else says like, are you sure that's going to work? Or is this a good time to change? Like during the pandemic, um, throughout lockdowns, um, you know, you can see immediately that, oh, they just have a different belief system to what I have. Mm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part and parcel of like the entrepreneurial space as well. Like you just listen to people like um, Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs, like, mm, yeah. I think if you don't believe it's going to work, why are you even doing that? Yeah. You have to believe it's going to (laughs) work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's just like with the move from like corporate to entrepreneurship, like there is some, uh, you have to be able to handle some risk in it, like taking the leap because it's it's just the precursor to more risk and more change and more leaps and like, yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, I say everything I've just said, I say with a massive amount of privilege and I have to acknowledge that, you know, we don't have kids, which means that we don't have that responsibility. And, Mm. you know, that's you know I wanted um you know when I found out we couldn't have children I wanted to embrace the fact that you know rather than think okay you know I was sad about it obviously but I didn't want to then not take advantage of the opportunities you get from that so you know not having to have two full incomes is an advantage of that obviously having two full incomes would be you know amazing wonderful but not having to have that okay so that means that you know I get to um 
do my thing it also means that my, my my husband had a career in corporate and he got made redundant and he then got to pursue what he wanted to do as well you know we've both got that opportunity now so yeah. there is privilege that you know I have a, a partner who uh, my husband who can financially support me we are in a you know we got ourselves in a good kind of financial situation before any of this kind of happens so I I acknowledge it's not the same for everybody to kind of just say oh I'm just going to start my own business and I'm, I'm sure it's going to work at some point <laughs> that's yeah that's so true yeah yeah and I think it's also a process of like you can like part of my pivot was I had to you know, leave the UK and move to South Africa. And it was because I was, um, because I'm Australian and I was under certain visa restrictions in the UK. So I could, simply couldn't start a business and earn money from that business. I could start the business. I couldn't earn money from it. So mm-hmm. my pivot was, yeah, about moving countries as well. And, um, and then, but also I was considering things like the fact that I was living in London with like my partner and I, we don't have kids, but, um, you know, we were living the London lifestyle, like it's expensive and rent is expensive. And like, it was making bold decisions like, yeah, moving here where the living expenses are half of that, which gave me some wriggle room. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's making decisions like that. So even if you are in a difficult situation, you know, it's about like what what kind of bold decisions could you make to make that more possible absolutely and I, I again I said you know I really believe in choices choices are just you know um the outcome of decisions that you make yeah, yeah. So again you know we live in a you know in Yorkshire which is not an expensive part of the country to live in you know we've made choices um we you know we have um you know the privilege of being older I'm in my 40s my husband's enough in his 50s and we have set ourselves up financially Mm. over the years to support our dreams going forward we made those decisions we know we 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 made the hard choices at the time to pay off more of our mortgage so that we had you know more freedom later on you you make the decisions um you know to we all have decisions we can make, you know, you know, we could mm. sell this house by a tiny, you know, tiny little terrace somewhere and bit <laughs> more cash if we needed to. We've we've got options, we've got decisions, and you know, you don't ever have to be, I don't ever believe that you're very rarely backed into a corner you can't get out of. That's so true. Yeah. I I hundred percent agree. Yeah. We're not like a product of our circumstances. We can I mean it may feel like that but if you are willing to think about things differently and from different angles and willing to do things differently than you expected it's the expectations that that hold you know kind of ties down more than anything then you can find your freedom in that absolutely yeah yeah it's kind of like with love realizing you might be in a victim mindset and then that's very good yeah yeah (laughs) saying that and you know I was definitely in that place before so (laughs) yeah Mm. um fabulous and your post this morning um I'd love to come back to like your niche where you're specializing now because it's absolutely awesome um uh 
yeah, you you posted this morning about um, kind of the the archetypes of a woman who um, has decided to not have children or as a product of infertility. I'd love for you to dive into that a bit more. So I've just, you know, I was thinking last week I was on holiday in the Lake District and it kind of, it, it occurred to it, so the, I'll tell you where this came from, which is very, I'm going to go way off on a tangent here. Go for it, please. <laughs> I made a decision to stop colouring my hair and uh, let the grey come through. And it kind of stopped me. I've been thinking it through because, you know, as somebody has been dying a hair blonde since she was 17, it's like 35 years or so. And um, it's no 25 years. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a big decision to make, and it's I you know there's a lot of my identity wrapped up in being a blonde, you mm-hmm. know. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, who am I if I let that go? And oh my god, I'm going to become one of those grey-haired ladies who are grumpy and have all these cats. I don't even have a cat. And <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this. You know, I I saw this stereotype of this child-free woman, and I'm just like, whoa, hold on a sec. First of all, why am I projecting that? Why am I creating that? And I was like, that is not a positive stereotype. Why am I seeing that in my mind? Mm. And then I got to, so what, what stereotypes do we have of women who don't have children? And all the ones I could come up with were all very negative. They weren't positive. Mm. And I was like, that's not what I want for me. That's not what I want for the women who I work with, you know. And uh, I want to, you know, what what stereotypes do I want to see? And you know, stereotypes not great, but you know, it's it's something to work with, a blueprint. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so um, you know, you look at um, that's always been the past, you know, you, you've got the grey-haired crazy cat lady, you've got the kind of uh, the, the funky aunt who's got a bit of a drinking problem, you've got, you know, the cold heart businesswoman, you've got the, the woman who's always kind of downtrodden on herself and everybody just ignores or takes advantage of, and none of those work for me. I don't want to, I don't want to be, become one of the, any of those ladies. So I was like, who have we got now who we can look up to, who we can aspire to, who we can like start mm. figuring out if that's who we want to be? And I was like, okay, so, and I know this isn't, you know, it's TV, but, you know, like Carrie Bradshaw, for example, you know, she yes. is a woman now in her, in her 50s, I think, you know, when, when they reboot Sex and the City, you know, later this year, she, she'll be in her 50s, child-free, um, it was never said whether she wanted children or not. It just didn't happen. And she's living a fabulous life. Okay, that's interesting. We don't see a lot of that. Mm. There's some other on the same TV program. Yes, I was thinking, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but she's a bit more kind of, but I hate kids. And I, I don't think that is necessarily, especially from the women I've been speaking to, that just because you're child-free, just because you choose not to have a, children, a child, doesn't mean that you don't like children. Mm. and that is something that needs taken out of the conversation out of the stereotype that you can just be a woman who is amazing and just happen not to have children yeah it doesn't have to be a sad story behind it there doesn't have to be I hate kids behind it there doesn't have to be politics behind it so that is a conversation I, I find 
you know, I went to a networking event the other the week, the other week, and I talked to um, I said who I was and what I did. And of course, you know, depending on who you're speaking to, oh well, you know, um, children, uh, I don't like children, children are horrible, children are, you know, bad for the environment, this, that, and the other, kind of I couldn't eat a whole one, ha ha. And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm, you know, that that narrative is very damaging. It's mm. negative. And if you're sat on the fence, first you want, if you're sat on the fence thinking, do I have children? Do I not? I don't know. If you're hearing all these stereotypes of women who don't have children and they're very negative, you're like, oh, I don't want to be that. Yeah. You know, it, it's yeah. potentially going to take you down a path that you don't want to go down. Yeah. You know, I just want there to be more positivity around the fact that you can just be a woman who doesn't have a child and just have an amazing life and be yeah. amazing. Yeah, and, you know, I think that the the stereotypes that are out there are damaging. But I think we are at a unique point in time now with the figures that I mentioned before. Twenty percent of all women don't have children. Forty three percent of women with university degrees don't have um, children. So I think we are we're maybe at that tipping point where it becomes more normalized, and yeah. that's very exciting. I love that. I love what you said about stereotypes. I feel like there needs to be a comic, (laughs) a superwoman and a few other things to to represent that. Yeah, the positivity around it and the acceptance around it and the, yeah. Yeah, because I guess the flip side is like, if you're having a child because you feel the pressure or because you feel like you should do it, like that's, it's not a good motivation to have a child. Like, it's it's not good for the child and you know why why would you yeah it's it's sad that people feel that oh you're supposed to have children I mean I I remember speaking to somebody in my family she's like I think she was about 30 at the time maybe late 20s and she's she said well you know I don't really want children but I think I'm supposed to have them I'm like yeah not have to do that and now she's living her best digital nomad life um she's what she's 36 and she's just traveling around the world and I'm like I'm so glad that you chose to follow that dream yeah rather than something you thought you were supposed to do but didn't really want to yeah I love that I love that and I think something that just popped in my head as well is like women having children later as well like feeling empowered to like you know have children in their 30 like 36 37 38 39 like like all of that like live their best life before they do and then absolutely you know I'm sure there's benefits of having children when you're younger there's benefits to having children when you're older um again this shouldn't you know there are you know there are health implications and and other implications of having a child when you're older but we shouldn't have to do things on somebody else's timetable everything should be on your own timetable and that is what we're not taught or educated or encouraged to do especially as women is create our own timetable what is it that you want and when you want it yeah absolutely yeah I think that the the generations coming up behind mine because I'm like Gen X I'm 44 you know we really were plugged into that timetable of our parents I think that people like millennials and Gen Z I think that you are all kind of 
a bit more switched on and aware that actually you get to create your own timetable and design your own lives because because the world has changed but you know for a lot of women who are kind of in their 40s and 50s we feel frustrated really pissed off that oh shit it didn't have to be that way we could have done it the way we wanted but we didn't know any different and you know it's time to take that back yeah absolutely absolutely Oh, I love this conversation, Rachel. I'm just conscious of time um, with the length podcast episode. Um, so I'd love for you to cover like how people can find you and what you have coming up as well. Okay, so um, I am um, mainly on Instagram. So you can find me at Rachel Forchella. That's R-A-C-H-E-L-F-O-R-C-E-L-L-A. And that's where you can find me. Um, I have a... Uh, succession um, package that you um, I, that you can buy from me that we work on setting um, your goal we can go if you don't know what your goal is we can go into that and kind of uncover what it is that you're looking to achieve and I take you through a transformational process over six sessions to help you achieve that and beautiful, and beautiful. website my website is rachelforteller.com Beautiful. Your work is going to have a huge ripple effect, Rachel. I'm really excited. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited that you continue to listen and we grow this inner glow getter community. The best place to follow along and make sure you never miss an episode is to be following me on Instagram at Kayla.Benson. I can't wait to connect with you all very, very, very soon in the next episode of The Inner Glow Getter. Lots of love. <laughs>